hear the song. Figure it out. She did. I thought she was sad. Figuring it out. Not sure anyone here can actually believe it. I think most people had finally given up hope. Been a long time. How long? That day. Hello, all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And my name is Lee. And we are continuing this week our discussion about uh, Quiet Place. This time we're going to do the sequel, which would be A Quiet Place Part 2, released in 2021, written and directed by John Krasinski, starring Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, and Killian Murphy. We've already done Part 1, and it's up uh, uploaded already, so if you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to it. Um, overall, overall, the first one, uh, the review that we gave overall positive, um, couple of yeah. little, couple of little things, but overall positive, And you seem to have a really good time again. Um, I had already seen both of these movies before you did. You went into them blind. We heard your thoughts on the first one. How did you feel about the sequel? So, um, as I mentioned before, and then um, we talked about the first one is I watched the first one and I, and I liked it. and. I, I think I watched the first one in pieces uh, where I watched a little bit of it, you know, got to the point where I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I, I see how they established the world. And then I kind of got into the rest of the story. And then the next day I watched the entire second one all in one go. Like while working, um, I was um, basically doing some, a uh, couple of redundant tasks and waiting on some emails to come back. So I just put the movie on and kind of watched it in between and but I was I was I wanted to get through the whole thing. I was I was very excited to see where they were going with it and I like the fact that they kind of gave you like a little bit of a backstory like you know day 1. Yes. You know how it all happened. So I it was like okay, I like that they did what they did in the first movie and then what they did here um to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory and then get into okay, here's what happened before, here's what happened after. You know, to kind of put it all together in, in one movie. Um, interesting to see. I, I'm interested to see if they if they do do a third one, where they're going to go with it there, if they're going to continue on, or they're going to give us more of a backstory. Um, but I don't know how much more they would really need to give us. I don't, I don't see them needing to go further back, mm-hmm. unless they're going to introduce another character like they did here. Right. Um, but I think um, I, I was definitely invested you know, like yes. they, they, they had me after I finished the first movie, I was so invested. I'm like, I want to watch the second one like right away. Yes. Now. So then I did. Um, and I know I mentioned before the first time I watched the first movie, I watched the first maybe f- three minutes just to kind of get an idea. But I was like, eh, I can't really watch it right now. And then waited like six months to finally get back into it when you recommended it. So we could do, uh, we could talk about it. So, uh, Yeah. It's it's funny because I wasn't invested, but then when I got invested, I was like fully invested. Like, okay, let's do this. Um, same same thing, same kind of thing happened with uh, Stranger Things. I watched uh, like an episode of it, and I'm like, this is so cliche, this is so dumb. And then 
once I watched a few episodes. I mean, really, you watch any show I'm that people sh- talk about. I'm still shocked. Hmm? I am still shocked that you could not get into Stranger Things as nostalgia driven as so- you are. Uh, you could not get into Stranger Things. It still amazes me that you had a hard time here's, getting into Here's that the show. thing. I am I am a closet hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know that's that is like the most oxymoronical statement you could ever hear. A closet um, I'm a closet hipster. <laughs> wow. Um but no, basically like I really don't like when people love something like when every, when it's when it's like the big hype i'm like i'm not really interested in what everybody else is interested in not because i want to be better than them it's more just like uh mm. it takes away from it being special and i go into it with super high expectations if everybody loves it you know um so <laughs> that was the thing is like i went into this show and i was like like uh, I, I expected there. What what makes a show good for me? What makes something really exciting for me is if there's some kind of twist. Mm. And that show, Stranger Things, has zero twist. You, you, absolutely, no, nothing. I agree nothing with you was there. shocking. No, you're nothing right. was shocking. It was all cliche. It was spoon fed. It was like yeah, and <laughs> oh, that's what you were going for. Oh, well, okay, it was entertaining. <laughs> like that's what that show was for me. Like, so I, I don't even, how, how do we get into that? I don't know. But the, the point was like, that's how I felt about that show. But I had to really like invest before I, um, was interested in seeing any more of it. Mm. Um, but it didn't, it was, it had to be well after the first couple episodes. Cause I'm like, I still don't care. I watched the first episode, I think three times Wow. before I finally like forced myself to get past it. So I'm sorry, people who love Stranger Things, but it's just, it's, it's such a, you know, it, it's like what you said about um, Interstellar, you know, for Christopher Nolan. Spoon it was head. a very Spielberg. Yeah, yes. It was a very Spielberg. Spielberg. Oh, sorry, Spielberg. Spiel <laughs> Spielberg. You said spoon fed. I'm, I'm going all over the place. Yeah. Spielberg right. film for Christopher Nolan because it was very spoon fed. It's like, here you go. Here's everything. It's just like, it was just so, here you go. To me, okay. where I was like, eh. so I won't, I won't, okay. I won't leave you out there on that hill to die alone. I'm gonna join you. It took me, Thank you. it <laughs> took me, it took me four times through to get into Breaking Bad. Oh wow! Really? I watched. I had to watch the pilot four different times. Like each I can't one, imagine each, that each one easily six months to a year apart from one another. I could not jump on board with that that show. Because of the way that it was, because of the way that it was built up, everybody mm. around me told me this is the greatest show in the world. This is amazing. You're gonna love it. Like it was built up to the point where it was like, okay. And my expectations were through the roof. And the pilot, right. and the pilot is, it's it's great. It's a great pilot. It's but it's, it's not phenomenal. It's not as over the top as everybody built it up to be. Do you know what I mean? No. So that well, yeah, because the show progressed exactly. And, you know, the show you got really invested. The in show it. built on itself. But I'm thinking I'm gonna watch this pilot and I'm gonna be in love with this thing and everybody is building this up mm. around me and oh my and I was ready and then I watched the pilot and I was like, okay, the pilot's good, but it's not it's not this gigantic thing that everybody around me is building it up to be. And that was kind right, of like right. the way that I fell out with it. 
So I couldn't, it took me a while to really get into that show. So I do, absolutely. I sympathize with you when it comes to, you know, the way that everybody around you was talking about Stranger Things and you not being able to jump on board with it. Sometimes, man, just outside influences can can really, you know, um, mess with the way that you view certain, certain things. Um, yeah. So anyways, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the sequel to... A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place Part 2, and things essentially begin exactly where we left off, with the exception of the opening scene, which is a flashback. It is pre-Wasteland, day one. Um, Papa Krasinski, he's walking into a market to get some fruit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still can't get over Papa Krasinski. That's, that's what I'm calling him. Papa Krasinski, he's All on right. his way into All a market. Right. He's picking up some fruit and some water, and... The the employees of this store, or the store owner rather, he's sitting there and he's watching some news footage of just chaos. And he thinks a bomb yeah. went off, which, I mean, based on what we saw on this little television screen, I would think a bomb went off too. So I really like right. that. We then go outside and something to note, and this has been, this is in every horror movie, every thriller movie, anything that is, 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 Within this genre of film, I feel like I've seen this everywhere where there's this weird dog paying attention to something off camera. It's yeah everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this there's yeah. this German shepherd in the back of a truck just paying attention to something. We don't know what it is. And we're moving on. We all know what it is because we all watched the first movie. But it's like, huh, right. that's 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 really interesting. Um, yep. yeah, so, um, we're at a baseball game and we're at, we're at a baseball little game, little, uh, yeah, exactly. A little league. And, you know, his son is up at bat and, you know, just breathe. And we already, we already established in the first movie how important sign language is in here. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing it here and, and, and it's, it's, it's still awesome. The fact that they're sticking with this level of continuity with these films. Right. I didn't mention this in the first movie. Or maybe I did. I just forget. But I didn't do a whole lot of research when it went into the production of this film. But if if I ever find out that these movies were shot at the same time, I would not be surprised. Mm, would you yeah. be? Um, not really. Um, I think you know it's it was it would be a wise choice you Absolutely. know to do it that way if you if you know that you're going to do it you might as well just do it all together do that it all way at the, the same age time. difference yeah. doesn't doesn't throw you off mm-hmm. you know because they could have shot this scene first you know that way it's it's clear that there was a a difference in age yes you know even if it even if it took a year and a half to make the movie you know a year and a half is a huge time for for kids that age you know there's a lot of a lot of growth that happens massive there. So, massive yes so in order to keep it, you know, to, to flow right and not be too weird, you know, it would have been great if they did that, you know, knowing, hey, I'm going to do this. Or even I've seen it where they've done movies where they took deleted scenes, like a whole deleted scene and used it in the next movie. And it's like, wow, that fit really well because they were clearly younger and it fit. And it fit. Mm-hmm. Um, what movie was that? There was a movie that did that. Um, oh, I forgot what it was. Um but that exact thing, they had younger footage of them that they shot for the first movie that they that they ended up using in the second movie as a flashback. Hmm. Um, oh, you! I, I know you've seen it. I'm just trying to think what it was. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, man. 
Uh, but I mean, but that's it's a wise choice. And when they did it, I was like, that's amazing that they were able to do it. And I'm not thinking like Star Wars where they still put Carrie Fisher in the movie type thing. You know, they just did a different green screen behind her. It wasn't that. It was something else. But similar type of idea where it's like they were still able to use this footage and it fit in well because it ended up looking like it was a uh, it was part of the sequel, but it was originally shot and it was a deleted scene from the first movie. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Right. So I'll remember I'll remember it like in the middle of night. It'll be like three o'clock in the morning and I'll jump out of bed and yell it out loud and realize that nobody cares. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's basically what happens. Pretty much. I'll, I'll be I'll be expecting that call or text from you. Hey, this was what I was talking about. <laughs> Anyways, so the son, this little boy, he's up at bat. Strike one, strike two, and then all of a sudden there's a spaceship in the background, or maybe it's a meteor. I don't know because it's just it's a burning ball headed straight for. No Earth. idea what it is. No idea what it is. Yep. So everybody, obviously, everybody's are in this baseball park. They start freaking out, you know, and it's head straight home. And to which I'm asking, why even bother going home? Like, like that's going to help anything in this moment. I always hate that in movies where it's like home is the safe space. No, like, no, home is never the safe spot to be. <laughs> like, it, it, everything that goes wrong always ends up going very very wrong and home is the worst place to be go somewhere else well that's 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 like in a horror movie where they either run upstairs or they run to the basement it's like no yeah no no (laughs) never go to the basement there's no way out of the basement you're stuck (laughs) you're absolutely stuck. you know and if there is a way out of the basement there's a chain holding the bulkhead shut (laughs) you know it's not it's you're not getting out don't oh do it. God. And you're not going to jump off. You're not going to jump out of the second story because you're too afraid. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, we're just, they did it in Scream, though. They yeah, we're scream. just we're just naming all the cliches right now. Anyways, and, and, <laughs> and head straight home is definitely a, a cliche thing to do. But whatever. So it's head straight home and just almost immediately chaos ensues because one of these creatures comes barreling out of the alley and knocks into a police car and tips the police car over and everybody's running and screaming and it's it's just utter chaos which is what you would expect it to be mom is you know driving frantically she's in reverse now there's one of these creatures looks like it's driving a bus this is this is straight out of the simpsons Remember that episode of The Simpsons where, um, <laughs> oh my God, it wasn't a Treehouse of Horror. It was one of those all over Springfield type episodes. And Maggie was driving a car and there was a dog driving a bus and it was just absolute absurdity all over the place. That's, <laughs> no, that's, I, I can't say I remember that's that. That's what this reminded me of, man. But it's just, it's again, cliche because Simpsons did it. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so... Dad and his deaf daughter, they make their way inside of a diner. Now, this I like. I like that almost immediately everybody knows to be quiet. Nope, they're not, they're not stupid. You know, usually you would have, you know, people in this, in this scenario where it's like, we're all dumb. We don't know what's going on. Like, no, they immediately know just to sit tight and be quiet. And maybe this thing will just pass us by. And there's this woman, she's on the phone with her mother and she's getting the evil eye from Krasinski. 
the, the man who's the owner of the, of the grocery store from earlier, he's underneath the table. He's praying to himself and Krasinski puts his hand over his mouth, you know, shut up. Don't, don't make any noise, which I thought was really, really cool that they established this really early. You know, don't insult my intelligence. These people aren't stupid. And then somebody's phone rings and it's, you know, we're off to the races with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they have to run. And then it, it's, it, it cuts off right there. And then we're basically right back to where we pick up. Day 474. And they're leaving the house. And I brought up in the first movie how cool it was that they had the, um, they had the floorboards, certain markings in certain areas that, okay, walk on these markings so that the floor doesn't squeak so we don't make a sound. At the end of the first yeah. movie, we discover that these creatures have a weakness and now these people, these characters now have a weapon against them. So when I saw them walking on the floor and they're just ignoring the markings and they're going outside, it almost feels like they have a little bit more confidence moving around. Like, hey, we have a oh, weapon absolutely. against we have a weapon against these things now. We don't have to be mm-hmm. as careful as we were before. Maybe right. that's kind of stupid, but I really like it. Like it's like it's it's establishing that okay, there's 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 an amount of confidence now that they did not have before. And moving forward, right. they're going to be able to move a little bit more freely, and I really like that. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I I and that's what was cool about it. Like again, we ended with you know, um, basically putting a shell in the chamber ready to go, you know, and then that's it. So right afterwards, we see them going up there and getting, getting outside armed and ready to go. So yeah, I agree. Total confidence, ready to rock. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mom grabs the box for her baby and we're off to the races. Now, Millicent in this movie, more so than the first movie, she's, almost the main she's the main character she's the main character in this movie and it's she's phenomenal almost from the jump she's she runs down she runs back into the into the basement where her father's workspace was and she finds a map and it's all of these locations that he found where other people were and i completely Mm -hmm. forgot to touch on this in the first film and i apologize but there was a scene yes there was a scene in the first movie where krasinski is on top of his little tower and he looks out into the valley and he sees all of these other fires that are almost burning at the same time it's like here where you know survivors could be and i'm going to mark them on this map just you know in case so she grabs the map she also grabs um a microphone and a guitar amplifier and yep. brings those with her because she's going to need to be able to amplify the sound that's emitting from her hearing aid. Now, right. correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear to God, I saw her cut the plug off of this amplifier. She did. Where is the power coming from to power this amplifier? <laughs> um, she, she hooked it up to a battery. Yeah. Really? That's why she cut it. Because she needed to connect it to a battery directly. We saw this happen? I don't remember this. I don't know. Okay, sure. But that would be my thought, it because if sense. you're walking around, it, you, need, you need a battery. Absolutely. It makes complete sense. That's what I thought, too. We just never saw a battery. Like, I never saw her with well, a battery. Well, it's okay, because according to you and Chuck and everybody else, we don't need to see the Wolverine god is adamantium. <laughs> Back on his claws. We just have to accept that that's what happened because somebody who made the movie said it did. 
without fail, you bring this up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was waiting. Hey, I, say, I, I didn't say anything about, you know, actors being threatened by the fans. <laughs> so, now I have. So anyways, <laughs> we're leaving this farm oh, now. No. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just going to say... It's it's still funny to me that Sebastian Stan, <laughs> that they keep on saying the trigger words to him on the street <laughs> to try to bring out the Winter Soldier. Sure. That's actually really funny. It really is funny. <laughs> so anyways, this um this family now geared with a new weapon, they're on their way off of the farm. <clears throat> I don't understand why they're leaving the farm. It's not like it's in ruin. Like, they could easily you know put that fire out and kind of try to you know fortify it a little bit i mean they have a new weapon they they certainly have all the t- tools they would need to to survive there but now they're taking their chances out in in the middle of nowhere now okay mm-hmm. um huh. they're still walking around barefoot so emily blunt walking around barefoot with this bandage around her foot where she just stepped through a nail is a really painful visual that I that I did not need. I've 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 we went over the whole nail thing in in the previous episode. I've stepped on nails before, and I've tried to walk. It is not a joyous occasion. <laughs> it is the most painful. Oh, I know. It is the most painful thing in the world. And that's me with you know a couple of socks and a boot on and a bandage wrapped around the wound, and it still hurt. I can't imagine walking around you know in the midst of dirt and sand and whatever other debris is is getting into this thing it just it just sounds absolutely horrible um, i'm pretty sure that this recently happened to chuck chuck's wife i forgot what it was but she stepped on a nail in the house and it was blood all over the place and not to mention that in one of his rooms down in the basement he was trying to paint something on the wall and he dropped the can of paint so it looks like there was a, like a murder scene <laughs> like the whole carpet like nice white carpet just covered in red paint oh. um Plus, plus then, you know, actual bloody footprints as well. It's like, dude, what have you done in this room? And it's, it's now his like workout room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, he's got like, he's got like, he's got like swords and other weapons hanging up on the wall. Plus like weight machines. I'm like, dude, what is going on in here? <laughs> anyway, Chuck's going to be listening to this when it comes out. He listens to all of our podcasts, cool. which I mean, good for him. He. Thanks, man. He's part of it, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. he should be. He's part of this, so I guess... He is. Exactly. Anyways... We gotta get, get, get some people who are not part of this to listen to us. The numbers are going up. That's all I care about, man. Anyways, yeah, so... Over th- hey, thank thank you, everybody, for pushing us over 3,000 downloads in, in, in a year. Or less than a year. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. More than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so our family, they're walking towards other survivors who really don't know, but they have the map and they're going somewhere. They make it to a fence and they try to squeeze through the fence with, you know, well, Emily Blunt tries to squeeze her way through this fence with her backpack on. And I just wrote down, this is a stupid way to get through a fence if you're not trying to make any noise. (laughs) I know. Am I wrong here? Like... Like, I was uh, expecting the backpack to bang up against the chain link or, or, or something like that, and it's going to create some kind of sound, and here they're going to come running. But nope, it was a trap, and there is a sound trap, and a bunch of glasses go flying in the air and clink, 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 and now they have to just run. 
Oh my yep. god. And now again with this poor kid who I already feel bad for from the first movie. He's running and his foot gets stuck in a coyote trap. Oh, that was mm. painful. That was just that was I cringed when I saw this. this yeah, it was that pretty bad. looked bad. And he lets out a cry. Obviously, he lets yep. out a cry. He's not able to keep that in, and I honestly don't blame him. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> not at all. We hear a bunch of these creatures crying out in the background, so we know they're coming, and it's time for some teamwork. Um, Mom turns to her daughter and just kind of gives her a look, and she knows exactly what to do. She gets the weapon ready. She points it towards this thing that's coming, you know, head on for it. It starts to tweak out because of the frequency, and Mom fires off a shot and blows this thing's head off. All the while, a mysterious man is watching everything unfold through the scope of his rifle. Yeah, and he's about to shoot them down, but he doesn't when he sees this. I don't know that he's about to do that. Um, yes. So, yep. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because that's the only point where he actually lets go and, and takes his hand away from the trigger. Yeah. I thought... I, I watched it I watched it very intently because I'm just like... I mean, I knew it's Cillian Murphy. Like, well, duh. You know, it's him. Right. But I was interested in seeing, like, how he progressed and why he was, you know, good, bad, whatever he was. So I was paying a lot of attention to this character immediately, knowing that he would be a huge part in this he's not just some random person who gets passed by no so, there was definitely a moment where he was like i'm surviving i'm gonna take anybody out who comes near me and then he sees oh but they've got something here i let me not shoot them okay that could be one way to look at it i disagree and the reason why okay. i disagree is because of something that happens later on well actually coming up in a couple of minutes so we see, we see through the scope of this rifle that, you know, they're able to, you know, somewhat take care of themselves. Like, they have a weapon. They're able to shoot this thing's head off, and we're off to the races, and they just keep running. They're booking it. They right. get together with Killian Murphy. There's a pipe that they have to slide down. There's a bunch of pillars at the end of it, and he stuffs them. Well, he stuffs these, this family inside of a vault or an incinerator. I don't know which one it is. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm it's it it could be either or to be honest. Right? No. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Neither do I. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um more of them are coming. It's all out chaos. So, anyways, um crisis inevitably, you know, the the whole crisis is averted after, you know, everything that had just gone on. And immediately Killian Murphy um looks at looks at this family and says, "You can't stay." I don't have enough food. I don't have enough tools. I don't have enough water. This isn't going to work. That's why I don't believe for a second that he was just getting ready to off them. Be mm. because, okay. because if your theory is correct that he saw that they had a weapon and that's why he didn't shoot them, why would he be telling them to leave? Mm. Yeah, there's that. So that's, that, that's my whole thing with that. I honestly just think in that scene where he's looking at them through the scope of his rifle that he was just ready for anything that was about to happen. 
Uh-huh. Like maybe not so much protect them, but my finger is on the trigger because I know one of them is going to be coming from out of nowhere and, you know, whatever. And besides, right. if he shoots that rifle off, you know, these things, they're going to know where he's at and they're going to come running. True. So, yeah, whatever. We cut back to mom who has to tend to her son's wound and... <laughs> <laughs> Killian Murphy hands her Jeez. a bottle of booze and they shut the door to this incinerator type deal where I, there's no sound emitting from it, I guess. And she pours this nope. bottle of booze all over the wound and it's the most painful looking thing in the world. God. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yep. My God. And we're back outside and now it's talkie time. So they're actually talkie able to time. have they're actually able to have a discussion. And this is what you mentioned this in the first movie, that there's much more dialogue in this movie than there was in the first one. And oh, this yeah. is the first instance of that. He explains that there's three feet of concrete above their heads. So we're safe. We're 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 fine down right. there. Right. He asks about the weapon. He asks about the thing that they have. They don't know how it works. It just works. We find out that he lost his entire family. His two sons on the first day when everything happens and his wife uh, went out several weeks ago from a wound or whatever. He never right. goes into detail about what happened. And nope. it's understandable. It's understandable why he doesn't. He's still dealing with it. It's still grief and it's horrible. Right. He explains right. that uh, you really haven't been on the world all that much. The people now are absolutely horrible. And we see a lot of that later on down the line. Okay, so this radio, there's a radio playing for this kid who's in obvious pain. His sister is just trying to soothe him and, you know, try to try to get him to be upbeat a little bit. And then they come across a radio station and they're playing Beyond the Sea. Somewhere beyond the sea. There you yeah, go. You get that. There you go. Great. Perfect for, you know, what's going on there. Beyond exactly. The sea. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not that difficult to get. Nope. It's it's I mean, I'm surprised that Killian Murphy didn't. So do you remember when there was the um the whole zombie apocalypse scare? Uh, actually there were a few times we've had like this I was whole just thing about, about to like, say when? zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. It was multiple times. But I, I maybe it was around the bath salts situation. That's the that's the big one. <laughs> that's the big one. Bath salts. Oh my oh my god. But they there was a um a marine supply company that was saying it said zombies can't swim, buy a boat. Like that was their the sign out in front of their <laughs> in front of their business. Wow. It's like yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. Anyways. <laughs> so the two kids, they sneak off to have a conversation of their own. She wants to leave and try to boost the signal from wherever they're playing beyond the sea. She just, she's smart right. like that. And she's, her reasoning is I can save us. I can save everybody. Like she has to be able to get up there and try. Her brother is dead right. set against this because he's a terrified little kid. And that's just, that's yeah. his makeup. Um, he's yep. going to basically tell on her if she just has to leave, which inevitably she mm -hmm. does. She leaves. She takes off. All right, so she leaves, and then Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt have a conversation about, you have to go and save my daughter, and please, 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 with tears running down her face, and he agrees. He takes off, and then we come across, we come across Millicent and this train that's just in ruin, 
And we talked about this in the first movie, how these things are ridiculously strong and they can just, you know, claw their way through metal with ease. There are holes. It's a great scene. There are holes all over this, this, this decrepit train, like in every car. So it looks like one or, or, or many of them just had a field day here in, this, in, this, in the middle of nowhere in this field. And I, and I really love this because there is greenery all over the place. I mentioned this in the first movie, how I really appreciated that, that even after, you know, 80-something days, things were not upkept, weeds and grass were growing all over the place, and it just got even worse throughout the movie. Here, you know somewhere around this field there are train tracks, you just can't see them because there's greenery growing all over the place, and I thought that was awesome. So, remind me, though... When does this take place? Did it say in the beginning of this movie what day it was? 400 and... I have it written down. I have it written down. 474 days. So this is like four months after the first movie then? This is immediately after the first movie. No, how many days was it though? I thought you said it was 300 and something. The first movie... And I have it written down somewhere. Hang on. Okay, so the first movie... No. The first movie, the first scene in the first movie was 83 days? 89 days. 83, yep. The first movie is 89 days. That's the first scene. Yeah. And then we cut forward to day 472. Oh, okay. I thought you said it was like 300 and something. Okay, that makes more sense. 472, and now here we are on day 474. So we only spend a couple of days in the first movie. The first movie is only the time span of a few days, which... Gotcha. Great. It makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Anyways, so she's on this train and she's looking around and she's taking in the atmosphere and all of a sudden these flock of birds fly out of nowhere that really got me. I was not expecting that at all. Um, We see all the holes that are in the train. Um, She makes her way through the train a little bit more. She comes across her first aid kit that she has to get. She's freaked out by a body that falls out of nowhere from the other side of the door, and she lets out this yelp. Now, again, when I talked before in the first movie about audio discrepancies, this is Mm -hmm. another one of the parts that I was kind of alluding to. We have seen these things go running towards the slightest bit of sound that it's heard with a couple of, you know, a couple of differences, you know, in between here and there. Here, the way that she yelps and we as the audience hear it, this thing that's in the same car as she is should have went running, but it doesn't. It kind of pauses and it's looking around. It doesn't really know what's going on. And she's, she actually has enough time to prepare her weapon, the, the, the frequency, load her shotgun, and fire off a shot, which she misses. And... Oh, Still, yeah. the, the frequency is emitting, and then Killian's out of nowhere, and then he blows his thing's head off, and it's great. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I, I watched <laughs> it, I'm like, this is not believable. This is just not... It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was a lot of time. There's... Yeah, way too one, much. There's one other part From of what we've movie. seen already, this, didn't, this was not consistent. But let's just say that this one particular creature was maybe just a little bit special. (laughs) Maybe he was just slow. Wow. You know? Okay. I mean, we can't assume that all of these creatures are exactly the same. Some are hunters, some are gatherers, you know? Some are smart, some are dull. 
you know, maybe this was one of the dull ones. Did you? <laughs> we we can't be so racist. Did you ever see? Did you ever see that episode of Robot Chicken where ET was the slow one of its race? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot how funny that was. And we're watching the movie like, oh wow, he's so awesome. And we're like, oh, he's just he's just the dunce. <laughs> He gets back thank home. Thank you for thank you for having seen that. He gets back home and they're all like six feet tall and all of their fingers glow and he's just yep. the he's just the the dunce. You're right. <laughs> he's just the slow <laughs> one. <laughs> I forgot how funny that was. Look what I did. I created plants. They're like, yeah, uh, great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot about the fingers. Yeah. And then they're like, they're all cool about it. Like, check out our fingers. Yeah. No, that was. I forgot how funny that was. Thank oh you my for God. reminding me. So I have to revisit now. Yeah, Killian. <laughs> so this little girl, this little girl, and and uh, I'm sorry, his um, oh my God, Killian's Killian Murphy's character name in this movie is Emmett. They um, they decide that they're going Emmett. to hide. They decide that they're going to hide, and they're going to let this whole thing blow over. Finally, they actually get a chance to talk. She begs him to help. He, she starts to go into this thing about, you know, your wife said he immediately cuts her off. Don't talk about my wife. And she basically begs him to help. Like you said, you couldn't do anything before, but you can do something now. Help me. Right. And we really don't get a resolution to this. It just kind of, that scene just kind of ends abruptly. And the next time we Mm -hmm. see her, she's waking up and she's frantic because she thinks that this guy stole her weapon like her only chance of survival against these things and he just took off and that's honestly what i thought too because it's killian murphy that's exactly what i was expecting he she wakes up she's looking for you know her hearing aid she's looking for the amplifier it's gone he's gone she goes outside to see where he went she falls down to the ground crying and i'm thinking yep that that's 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 killian murphy that's why he was brought into this movie he's gone (laughs) (laughs) hey he wasn't a jerk in 28 days later not really no yeah, yeah. No. You're right, but everything... he has a weird, had half half a shaved head. <laughs> no, but everything else that he's been in, he's definitely like that guy. So that's yeah. that's kind of what I was expecting. And to my amazement, that is not the case at all. He comes back, he gives her back her stuff, and he basically yep. tells her, "Hey, I found a bridge. A bridge. I'm sorry. I'm I'm way ahead of myself. Hey, I found a boat." And it's this, yeah. it's this happy moment because now it's like, okay, great. You're going to help. Like, this is perfect. Yep. Cool. You're right. actually, you know, a decent person in this film. And I'm, I'm happy about that. that. That makes me really happy because with everything else that's going on, the last thing I need is classic Killian Murphy. Um, so we go back to mom. She has to go on somewhat of a med trip. Her son is pleading don't go. We're re- basically rehashing the first movie here where one person is being left alone in a dire situation. And mm-hmm. eh, I, I kind of wish they did something a little different other than, hey, we did this first. We did this in the first movie. Let's just do it again. Only at this time, we're going to focus on a different character. Like, at least mm-hmm. they're focusing on a different character, but it's still the same thing you did before. A little, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, yep. mom takes off. Oh, her reasoning for leaving, which I thought was actually valid, 
if I don't go get medicine, you're going to be in a whole lot of pain later on. And we can't have that. I'm not going to lose you. So I actually agree with her, her reason. Like she has to go. Um, she does make a pit stop, pit stop by her kid's grave. And she leaves her mm-hmm. wedding ring on top of it. It was touching. And it was. When it comes in terms of her character, it was kind of a moving on point. Like I'm leaving the ring behind. I have to move on with my life. I have my kids, other kids that I have to take care of. And I can't, you know, let that haunt me anymore in a way, which I thought was, which I mm-hmm. thought was really cool. I'm, I'm glad that they made a point to do that. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry i'm just catching back up on my notes no worries we go back to this kid who's down in in this this room with his little brother and you know he's singing to him again really good for his character this is what his character is the stay behind character that really doesn't have a whole lot of anything to offer like you're gonna man Mm -hmm. the fort kid and that's what he does. And he does a good job. He really takes care of his brother here, especially later on. Um, but then he makes the really dumb decision to leave. He crawls up this little manhole and he's just out and about, you know, limping around. Yeah. Not. I did not understand. That. Neither did I. There's no reason for him to leave. Zero. Nope. Zero nope. reason nope. for him to leave. Like the safety. Of all people. <laughs> <laughs> Not just not just that he can't do it, but it's like, okay, like from a character standpoint, you should not be doing this. But also you're no. wounded. You can barely walk. I don't know how you made it up this ladder to begin with, but you know, let's let's just run with it. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why he leaves. It's the dumbest thing so far that's been that's been going on with this poor kid. We go back to mom, who's, you know, back in the same drugstore that we saw her in in the first movie she's getting some more oxygen tanks which is you know really wise i i really like that mm-hmm. this kid he's still just wandering around now he's got some binoculars and he's just kind of looking off into the distance great <laughs> wonderful <laughs> why i don't know i don't know i'm not asking anymore anyways so this is my favorite part of the movie. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is this is my favorite part of the film. We get mm. back to Killian Dane, Emmett, and and this little girl who's making their way to the boats, and they're on a dock. They come across this little girl who's just kneeling in the middle of this dock. No one else is around, seemingly no one else is around, and he goes up to her trying to help and <laughs> this little girl creepy just the most creepy looking face that you could ever find quickly throws a noose around Emmett's head and attached oh. to it is a whole bunch of, of, of debris that's going to clankle and chain all over the place and make a whole bunch of noise if he decides to move. And then all of a sudden a bunch of pillagers come out of nowhere and they're just surrounded. Like this is, this is not good. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And this is where we get into, like, hey, it's Walking Dead again. Great. So, I know your feelings about this element of, you know, post-apocalyptic or or zombie or anything. It's like people against people. 
Uh-huh. It's eventually, it's inevitably going to happen in these kind of worlds. I know. You're always, I know. you're always going to have people who are like, ooh, this is a good opportunity for me to be a jerk. Or this is a good opportunity for me to get one over on the other guy. Or we have to do what we have to do to survive and everybody else be damned. This is, this is mm-hmm. what it is. Like, I don't know yeah. how, I don't know how you tell this type of story without that. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with this, this part of it, but the thing is, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of it still. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. You know, like after the walking dead just totally drove that thing so hard up everybody's butts. Yeah, it did. It like, was bad. I'm just like, I am just done with it. Here's another community of people. Guess what? They're jerks. Here's another community of people. Guess what? They're jerks. Not surprised. You know? And then, hey, here's another community of people. They seem really nice. Guess what? They're going to die. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're too nice. You know? It's like, oh. Like, I just, I'm just tired of seeing that. It's cliche. It's overdone. Be original, please. At the, especially right now that Walking Dead exists. You I- know? Like we shouldn't we shouldn't make anything right now because walking like, you know, in this area, like in this, you know, type of of setting because Walking Dead just ruined it for everybody else. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. This is, this is a lot. This is a lot coming from me because when The Walking Dead was first released, I was like I was there watching the premiere episode and I watched it every single night. And I was, like, entering in, you know, to be an extra on the show every single week. Like, I was, like, nuts about The Walking Dead since day one. Most people caught on, like, a year later and were like, this show's great. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, but, like, after the whole church, when they started getting into the prison, it just went downhill. But everything up to that was great. And I watched it, like, that was my show. That was my thing. Walking Dead's out tonight. Yes, I'm going home. I'm going to go watch it, you know, or I DVR it and, like, watch it first thing in the morning. Like, always. But they ruined it. The first, and they took everything. And, uh. The first few seasons of that show were fantastic. Absolutely. Frank I would Darabont. say, I would say, yeah, the first few seasons of that show, well, the first two seasons where Frank Darabont was showrunner was absolutely fantastic. Even mm-hmm. after that, you know, the third season we were in the prison was okay. Then when they got into everything with the governor, I've, I love that character. I don't care. I know that character soured a lot of people. I personally, I love that character. You know, his standalone episodes I thought were fantastic. After that, that's when the show took a dive for me and I checked out. So, but mm-hmm. if you, I mean, if you're somebody that just has the, 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 the bad taste of what Walking Dead did for you with anything, you know, post-apocalyptic i'm i apologize i i imagine that's not i imagine that will sour a lot of storytelling mechanics for you and it's it's unfortunate i understand that it's there i get where you're coming from i just i don't know how i don't know how you tell a story where the world has gone away without telling the story of how people have also gone by the wayside as well i don't know what that would look like Unless you're doing like a 28 days later and it's just like one person trying to make his way through or even in something like um, we brought this up in the last episode, uh, I am legend, where it's just we're focusing Mm -hmm. on this one character and their journey. 
maybe that's just you know maybe maybe we need more of those right so right maybe yeah anyways so she throws a noose around this guy's neck and all the pillagers come out of nowhere and it's this thing and they're getting ready to rob millicent of of her belongings and they're basically going to take her and he mm-hmm. and Killian Murphy signs to her dive and she yeah. dives in the water. He makes a bunch of noise there. The, the, the creatures come from out of nowhere and just rip this group to absolute shreds. Now, let's go back to the dive thing. I thought the dive thing was kind of cool just because they they brought it up in the flashback initially. Oh, you're right. It was like how, what's, he's, he's he says there he's like, what's this? You know, asks What's the sign for dive? Because yeah. they were talking about like how to like dive to the base. Yeah. You know? So he had that one sign that he knew, which was dive. You know, a very, very simple sign. I, I love ASL because ASL is very simple. It's not some weird technical thing. A lot of it's very practical. So people who might not know sign language can pick up on a lot of it because it's so practical. Yes. You know, you would think that the sign for dive looks like somebody diving. I get it. Mm. So I like that they brought that. They put it in there and they brought it in. And he's like, here's your moment. You know, you we were talking about baseball before, but now we're talking about like survival, you know, get away from these guys, dive into the ocean type thing, you know. So I thought that was a cool little, you know, add on. So these these group of pillagers, they're getting ripped to shreds by by this um by these creatures that, that, that have come out of nowhere mm-hmm. because of the noise. Killian Murphy actually very wisely grabs the head cheese in charge, basically ties him to one of the pillars on the dock, stabs him in the yep. leg so that he screams and the creature comes from out of nowhere. Yep. Killian dives into the water, still <laughs> with the noose around his neck, and just, you know, oh, he's man. underwater struggling with this thing while the guy up top on the dock is being ripped to shreds. And the water yeah. eventually just, there's blood going everywhere. And then Killian Murphy looks like he just starts to swim away. I thought all of this, yeah. this scene was fantastic. It was yeah. the way that it was executed, the way that Killian Murphy was, was just motioned to Millicent to, you know, dive into the water. Everything about this was awesome. And what I thought was great about it was he... Um, in a lot of other movies, you'll see somebody come up with a plan like that dive, go over here. I'm going to do this and that is generally you would see somebody who does it and has a great plan that mm. will work. Yes. He didn't No, He was just working with whatever he had. He winged it. And he happened to survive through it. Like I wouldn't, you know, you would not think, oh, I got a noose around my neck. Let me dive into the water and just hope I survive. But he's like, that's the best choice he had. Yeah. And it, and it worked. And I think that was what was good about it. It wasn't just like some grand thing where it's like, oh, he does this, he uses this, he cuts a knife, blah, 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 cuts himself out, whatever, and then he's good to go. No, he did something dumb, but it was still a better choice than what he would have had otherwise. Yes. So that's what I thought was cool about it. it, it again, it's, real, it's realism that they put in, in these movies. There's a level of realism, organic, real things that would make sense if you were really in that position. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not John McClane jumping off of a helicopter <laughs> or a jet in between two pieces of highway like wow and he survived because he had this grandmaster plan okay you know, you know what in, he... in, I, I gotta stop you there because in john mcclain's defense <laughs> those movies just progressively well, got more ridiculous in the first oh, hang on hang on in the first die hard movie 
he ties a a, a fire hydrant hose around him fire, to jump off the side hose. of the building. So, <laughs> so he worked with what he had. You know, he's running around barefoot. He has to run through glass because hey, it's it's there. And then the next thing we see, we see him bleeding all over the place. And then fire hydrant hose off the side of a building as something on top is exploding. So he he did the same thing. He worked with what he had. Now this isn't you know what was what was the ridiculous one where there was a massive explosion in a tunnel and he just happens to survive. Oh, you're talking about Die Hard with a Vengeance when he no when he, um, no I'm the, talking the water's about, coming. Oh, that no, was no that when was... the water's coming, so he goes into the geyser <laughs> and gets shot up, and then, then just Samuel Jackson Jackson happens to be driving by and just see a man shoot out of a hole from the ground. I think we said go, this. Oh, there he is. I think we said this. I think we spent a good like 10 or 15 minutes talking about this when we talked about Die Hard. Like, okay, he, <laughs> there's a random... He, oh, as he comes shooting out, come on. This, 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 that is ridiculous. This random geyser, he shoots up 15 feet in the air and falls and he's fine. Like, that's, that's okay. What's funny, what's funny about this um, and I, not to lie, I'm not going to say date ourselves, but is that was one of our top downloaded podcasts. I still don't understand Was us that. talking about, <laughs> it, it's funny, but for a good like solid six months, that was our most downloaded podcast. It was Die Hard with a Vengeance. I'm like, why? why we just decided one? to talk about an old movie. <laughs> Whatever. So, I mean, so th- which, which is cool about it because now it's opened up our, our, um, you know, our our scope of what we're looking for for doing podcasts, we're not limiting ourselves just to new things. Let's just talk about old stuff now and again. People seem to love it. So it's just it's funny to me that we talked about this movie from our past. And I, I love the fact that you introduced me to the deleted scene. So those of you who haven't heard our podcast oh, wow. but have seen the movie and did not know there was a an alternate ending. Yeah. To Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ridiculous. Wow. Check it out. Like that blew my mind. I did not know it existed. Absolutely and it's such a ridiculous. cool ending. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Killian Murphy jumps in the water, noose on his neck, somehow gets it and swims away. Okay, got it. Right, he swims away. (laughs) Okay, so while this whole thing is going on, we cut back to we cut back to her brother, um, Millicent's brother, this this the scared little kid who for some reason decided to crawl up out of his tunnel and he's limping around. Um, one of these creatures is coming for him, full barrel. Mm-hmm. And he has to then crawl back down in his hole. And somehow, some way, this creature claws its way <laughs> into whatever room they're in. Now, I don't right. know where it came from. I don't know what it crawled its way through. Because earlier in this movie, it was explained by Killian Murphy that there's three feet of concrete in between them and upstairs. So I have no yeah, but idea. There was a, there was a, there was a giant, like... T- tunnel tube thing that they had to jump down in order to get down there. Okay, so it, it there was no door. It just happened to be. It just quiet happened to be because, there. It just happened to be yeah. there, and they slid down it. But this kid, he's going down an actual tunnel with a ladder and a hatch, right? Which is which is the way up. Which yes. is the way up, and he's going back down this way, and then it's just this, this uh-huh. creature just happens to be there. So did it slide down the hole? Or because I yes, saw it slide it slid down the tunnel whole thing yeah but it's coming through something when you see it first yeah. it's it's clawing its way through something and I had no idea I wanted to know what was on the other side of it because I'm still under the impression mm. of three feet of concrete yeah well no it didn't go through three feet of concrete no, I know it didn't I know happened. it didn't it's ridiculous to think that it went through three feet of concrete that's why I'm kind of bringing it up here like huh okay whatever <laughs> we'll uh <laughs> we'll we'll move on so. 
in a frantic, this kid scoops up his brother and the oxygen tank and makes its way inside this vault or incinerator. Why I still don't know which one it is. And he closes uh-huh. and locks the door. Now, before when they went in there, and I, I, I didn't touch upon this part, before they went in there, there was a towel. They had like a cloth. There was a towel yeah. that stopped the latch from going all the way down so that they would be able to open it from the inside to get out. This time, Absolutely. he completely forgets about the cloth and just locks this thing, and now he's locked in there. And the, and op- the timer, the, there, was, there was a timer that Killian always had. Yep. Um, which showed them basically how much time they had for air, yep. I would assume. Yes. And, and but, now yeah. we're, we're in here, we're locked in here, start the countdown because they're about to be out of air pretty soon, and this is going to be a big deal. Yep. We then cut back to Killian Murphy and Millicent, who are on their way to said island. They make it to the island, and they're very cautious at first. Yep. I'm sorry, let me back up. <laughs> I missed a, I missed a part. Let me back up. Let me back up. So, Killian, he's making his way out of the water, and he pokes his head above, and we see these creatures who are still ripping their way through these, these, this group of pillagers, right? Yeah. One of them, one of the creatures decides that it's going to jump in the water, and we realize that it cannot swim. They, they, these things right. do not do very well in water. No. In the first movie, when the basement was flooding, we saw one of these things casually go into the water as if it was used to it. Like, like it was it was crawling, though. It wasn't swimming. It was crawling, not swimming, but it was still submerged in water. Right. It, it, I, it, I think there's a difference no... between between not being able to swim in super deep water and crawling through water. OK, good. Yeah, it's not a matter of uh, it's not a matter of water being the issue. It's a matter of like they can't swim. So being the issue, this that was one thought. That was one thought that I had. That was one thought that I had. But also at the same time, I was very much do they just not? I was confused. Do they not do well in water? Period, or they just don't do well with swimming? Because I can't swim a lick, but I would have no problem going to a beach waist high. You know what I mean? Like, right. nothing's going to exactly. happen to me. But it, when, I'm, when I'm looking at this thing and the way that one was avoiding the water completely and the other one was clearly just drowning, I was like, do they not? What's, what's with the water? Whatever, fine. I'm over it. Because I, 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 for a minute there, I thought that they had a problem with water in general. But then, you know, okay. But after hearing you say that, I'm, I'm absolutely on board with this. So, they make it to the island. Uh- and they're cautious at first when they're, you know, going around the corner, but then they just see lots of people living their lives, you know, casually making noise. They got a fire going, they're cooking food, and it's, we said this in the first film, this part of the movie is very odd to, you know, to openly mm. see people living their lives, to hear people talking and everything is fine. It's, 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 it's a break. <laughs> it's such, it's such a thematic break in this movie. It's jarring. It's really weird. Mm, yep. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it changes the whole feel at that point. So, Kelly Murphy is sitting down, and he got a new buddy, and they're having a conversation about what happened on the first day. And evidently, they learned that they, these creatures couldn't swim early, so the National Guard wants to evacuate everybody, and like you would imagine, that creates a whole lot of chaos. And he's telling the story mm-hmm. about people just shoving their way onto boats and 
nothing is going the way that it was planned. And what blew my mind is that two out of the 12 boats that were tasked to get people like away from the mainland, only two out of the 12 mm-hmm. boats made it. And that that's that's right. that's insane. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that level of fear and chaos and people just going absolutely crazy. So it's definitely, definitely something to hear him say. And the way that this, and I can't think of this actor's name. I apologize, but the way that he's describing it, you can well, see. Uh, oh, um, Jimon uh, Hansu, the guy from uh, <laughs> the the one who's like, oh, you're the Star Lord. Yeah, <laughs> Jimon. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, Jimon uh, Hansu. From, from 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 what if we talked about that? And he's just. <laughs> Captain Genocide. Yeah. So, but like, like I was saying, the way that the way that he's describing this, it's written all over his face, and it was phenomenal the way that he told the story. I thought it was great. Killian decides that he's gonna go for a walk because he hears something, and he makes it back to the boat that he arrived in, and he notices the front of the boat is all scratched up. So clearly, one of these creatures clung to the side of the boat and rowed to the island with him. And he starts booking it back to the community and he tells everybody to get inside. And here comes one of these creatures from out of nowhere barrels and just starts ripping through this community of people. And it's utter chaos, exactly like you would imagine. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. wow, like these people were perfectly fine until this guy with his boat showed up and just ruined everything. (laughs) Yeah, right. Pretty much. Pretty much the way that that works out. Um. Dejmon? Is that how you pronounce his name? Dejmon? Dejmon? Dejmon. Dejmon. Dejmon Hansu. He comes running out of nowhere, jumps into his car. He's using his car and the horn as a distraction to get this thing away from everybody. They're making their way to a, a radio tower so that they can boost the signal of this hearing aid. They make it there. He's distraught. He wants to go back for his son. He wants to go back and try to help everybody else because they lost this thing along the way. And he's not yeah, going. Yeah, they were trying to distract yeah. him. He's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. This thing reaches through the garage and just rips, you know, Hansu right out, and he's it's over. He's gone. Okay. Yep. Damn. And now, so we're, now it's up to them. Now it's and up this, to them. And this this reminded me so much. Like this this right here was it was like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like from this point on, it was like straight up horror movie. It was not the thriller we saw before. You know, here's this place. We're finally here. Oh, the guy who showed us how to get here is dead. Okay, now they're trapped in this place and they have to do what they have to do because they're there. And it was straight up horror movie. Really creepy. Um, going around through this radio station, finding out where they need to get to and trying to slowly sneak into the place. Um, at one point, it was her, right? Who's trying to... No, no, it was him. Who was crawling through the window? She was crawling through the window. Stepping on the desk. She was crawling oh through the window. Oh, my God. When she's... He opens the window and she starts crawling through and she's being very careful not to knock anything over, not to tip anything. And there's one of the... When she's stepping on the desk... She's stepping on the desk. (laughs) She's stepping on the desk and... I was holding my breath for like a minute straight. So was I. And it got (laughs) even worse. It got even worse when she uses her foot to close the drawer of the desk. I know. There was a drawer open and she uses her foot to close it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. And it squeaks... (laughs) Just a little bit, just enough to get one of these creatures' attention that's on the other side of the hallway or whatever. And now we're, 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 we're at the end now. And this is okay. Like you said before about how this becomes straight up a horror movie. From here yeah. on, 
is so overly dramatic to the point of mm-hmm. unnecessary. Like, it was... <laughs> yeah. So, this thing is right in the room where they need to be. But they make it, and they're in there. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, Killian who kind of sacrifices himself so Millicent is able to get into the room where the microphone is and the tower and all that right. good stuff, right? And at the same time, mm-hmm. we have, you know... Emily Blunt and her her sons and they're all you know together again and she makes it back just in time to make the save and rescue them and kill this thing by fire or whatever and now so they're all in this incinerator type thing Millicent is about to take her hearing aid and put it up to this microphone and you know let the sound emit and everything is going to be okay but she pauses mm-hmm. like a classic horror movie at the end where, where, yeah. where everything is building up to be. <laughs> There's the most overdramatic pause and we're going to stall now and we're going to milk this moment for all that it's worth. Why? <laughs> for, for, w- for what reason? Like we're, we're, we're home now. Like everything is going to be good. Move with some haste. But no, let's, let's stop. Let's slow down. Let, let's let the scene breathe a little bit. This this was hey 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 a moment to reflect i don't understand this at all this wow and it it felt like it felt like it took minutes for this to happen yeah this scene yeah. her putting her um her hearing aid up to the microphone took more time than the car sequence did to get here in the first place <laughs> i know it was absolutely ridiculous and and that's what i will say about that but she does it, and she, and she leaves her her, oh my god, she leaves her hearing aid hanging off the cord of the uh, off the side of the microphone stand, so the sound yeah. can just emit on the air. She turns everything on, and the sound is emitting from everywhere. We go back to we go back to Emily Blunt and her sons, and he rips the headphones off of his head, and he's you know got the yep. got the amplifier, and he's walking toward it, and simultaneously these two kids they come into their own. She grabs a a piece of metal knocks this thing <laughs> in the side of the head and it just goes down while at the same time her brother is on the other side of town and he Takes shoots this gun. thing picks up yep. the gun and shoots this thing in the head and we're over roll credits to the end so yep this movie is fantastic i like the first one better <laughs> by a mile the the, the, the first one oh, yeah. the first one is better by a country mile what kills the the sequel for me is this ridiculous ending and how long it took for this to play out. It should not have taken this long. It was, right. it was, it was the most overdramatic sequence of these two films. It did not need to be there. I did not like that nah. at all. It completely nope. took me out of it. It turned, it turned the ending and like home base into a joke for me. It, 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 it really did. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I'll be honest, it mm-hmm. did leave a bad taste in my mouth, but overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I like both of them. It absolutely set up a, a, a third. This is going to be a trilogy. You know, we're going to find out what happens with Millicent. And we're going to find out what happens with, you know, making the world right again. I have to assume something like that is going to happen. And I'm going to see it. And I'm going to enjoy it. Again, this movie to me, mm-hmm. it's all about characters. It's all about the world. The how we got to home is third to me, it's not as important as it would be to some other people. I understand that. But overall, I really enjoyed these two films. They're different. It's, so, and, and I'm done. So, so, I'm going to let you close this thing so, out. Cause. So some of, the th- some of the things that you've, you've mentioned many times, um, the most important things to you 
um, as far as you know, movies, shows, or whatever, is sto- is um, world building and character development. It depends on the film. Um, it depends on the movie. This absolutely world building because that's what we're looking at the most. Right. Right. I could care. Uh, le- I mean, I could care less. Here- For example, I mean, if we're other things that we talk about a lot is MCU stuff. I could care less about New York in the MCU. That's all character. That's that's all story. That's all the who, what, and why. That you know, right, right, right. New York is not a character in those movies. Here, the world no. around like, how decayed it is. That's very much a character. It's very mm-hmm. important. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the way that you mentioned it here is like there's character building, uh, character development. Um, well, if there is no character development, no character building, no investment into the characters, then the, then the movie or show or whatever is really just not good if, if there's zero. And I know we've talked about it before. There have been movies that we have seen where there is zero growth in the characters. Therefore, why did I waste my time watching this? And the Dark Tower was that movie for me. I know you've said we've that before. About it before. And, <laughs> yeah, and it was not. It was not just because I had a horrible dinner experience at Chunky's. Um, although that added to it. But the point was, like, it's like you need to have some type of growth where somebody learns something. I don't care if it's cliche. Just do it. If you don't do it, it's not like wow, what a twist. They didn't do something they needed to do. It's like no, that was horrible. There was no lesson here. Like, there's nothing that anybody learned. There was no growth. There was no point in this. I might as well just stare at a wall and and just go, ah, it's a wall. <laughs> Great. You know, like, that's that's how I feel when there's no type of development. Like, here's a story. Something happened. I understand it was based off a book, but nothing changed. Here's here's nothing changed. Here's an offender. Here's an offender that I'll bring up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bother some people when I say this. The sequel trilogy. <laughs> Who was Ray? Oh, Star Wars. Who was Ray? Exactly. Uh, Did her character develop at all from movie to movie? I rest my case. No. <laughs> yeah, not really. That's not that's really. well. That's 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 what I think you're getting at. That's in my mind. That's a recent. That's one of the biggest offenders of exactly what you're talking about. Right, right. Um, see, yeah, Luke learned discipline. Yes. Learned, you know, yep. learned how to basically separate himself from his emotions for the most part. Luke trained. And do what he knew was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anakin trained. Ray, yeah, and yeah, but Ray just kind of accepted hey, I'm here, guys. what was happening What's around up? her. And, and... Yeah, and, you know, Finn grabbed a lightsaber and knew how to use it and could and did well, for the most part. Yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> Good point, and yeah. So all those people out there saying that the, the sequel trilogy, or at least The Force Awakens, was just another retelling of A New Hope, uh, no, because <laughs> no, <laughs> because of exactly what Will just said, there is no change in the character. I mean, there wasn't much of a change in the character in, in New Hope, I guess, as it was. Um, but he, but he did learn how to take responsibility, you know, and not just sit there and do whatever. Like he didn't just sit there and, and roll with it. But I want to go to Toshi Station and pick up some power converters. Like he got over his selfishness and learned how to take, you know, how to stand up and 
save somebody and do something that was not about him. Okay, there we go. Some type of learning thing. Um, but yeah, no, really valid point, and I, yeah, I, I still think Dark Tower was the worst. Okay, that's that's that that's that's but, fair. That's fair. So I was anyway, just, I was just trying to name movie, something. I was just trying to name something that we've both seen <laughs> instead of something that only you have seen because I've never seen Dark Tower. Like after you after oh, you describing yeah. that movie to me. I know that that would be a waste of my time, so I'm not going to bother. It might be good. I might want to revisit it and actually have, like, a meal in front of me or something and see if that changes it. Okay. I don't know, but I it was just, like, I walked into it thinking, oh, Stephen King did this. People love the Dark Tower series or whatever, you know, the series is that's, you know, it's based off of. I'd love to go check it out. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, no, not not what I hoped. A couple of Easter eggs in there from other Stephen King stuff because he likes to do that, but no, uh, no, nothing. Okay. okay, got it. All right, cool. So anyway, this movie, um, this this series so far, um, I I think it's again very well done. They they built the world up. Um, they didn't have to go into too much detail. They didn't have to have a ton of dialogue in order for you to understand what was going on, but um. You know, they threw some dialogue more in the second movie. Yeah, first movie's definitely better. Second movie, not a bad sequel. No. I would definitely not say it's a bad sequel. Neither but would I. But it didn't... And I wouldn't say it didn't live up to the first one, because we should expect that sequels aren't going to live up to the first one. So I would say that as far as sequels go, it was not bad. No, it wasn't. You know, it could it could have been so much worse, because we've seen things that are so much worse. And, you know, I'm happy that it wasn't, you know, to that degree that we've seen in the past. Agreed. So, I'm pretty tapped out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, I'm done. All right, we're done, everybody. <laughs> that, w- that, w- that was it. Great movies. Check them out. If, if you haven't, thank you for joining us. Um, again, we did the, uh, the first part of this. Uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't already. And... If there is a third one, which I'm expecting there will be, um, I think you and I are absolutely gonna gonna discuss it at some point. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It was an absolute good time. You're done. I'm done. We're gonna get out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Adios, amigos. My lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sail.